Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. So as we wrap up the series this morning, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 5. We've actually made it to the end of the book. Now in the opening verses of chapter 5, Peter gives some instructions to his fellow elders. Now, that is a really, really humble way for Peter to address the pastors that he is writing to. Because this, this is Peter. He walked with Jesus. He was one of the original 12. The men that were chosen by Jesus who had actually seen and heard Jesus in the flesh were rightly honored by the early church. In fact, we still honor them. We all share, throughout the world, we share an apostolic faith. Our faith is based on the testimony of those 12 apostles who, who are and were witnesses to the truth. We believe because of their testimony. Those men saw him die on a cross, and those men saw him alive three days later. And then under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they wrote down what they had seen and heard about Jesus. But Peter doesn't play the apostle card. He doesn't write to these churches and say, hey, it's me, Peter. Like, you have to listen to me. He addresses them as fellow elders, equals. And then in the first few verses of 1 Peter chapter 5, if you want to turn there in your Bibles or your Bible apps, he lays out a job description and the spirit in which his fellow preachers, shepherds of God's flock, should do their job. He also points to the reward that they will all share as faithful servants when the chief shepherd returns. That everyone will get a crown of glory that will never fade away. And Peter's kind of referring to the crown that Olympians used to get that were made out of twigs and leaves. And they literally wilted after time. And Peter's saying, not so with the crown that you will receive from God. It is eternal. Peter then points to the fact that their current suffering is temporary. But being in the presence of God will be eternal. It is glory that will be eternal. Thank you, Jesus. Peter gives some guidance to these older, more mature elders on how to shepherd God's flock in a time of suffering. And then he makes a comment to the younger generation, and then he addresses all of them as a whole. I want to focus in, kind of hone in on his comment to the younger generation, and then to everyone with our time this morning. So this is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. In the same way, you who are younger, 
submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety. Some versions say cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I was in seminary when the movie Titanic came out. Yes, I am dating myself. Uh, But I actually remember when that movie came out because I met a woman in a nursing home who actually lost a relative on the Titanic. Her name was Willoughby Hoyt. And in her Bible, she had a newspaper clipping with the picture of the Titanic and the name of her loved one that died on that ship. She told me that she remembered hearing that someone said God himself couldn't sink the Titanic. I looked it up. She's right. Someone claimed to have heard the ship's captain, Edward John Smith, say that God himself couldn't sink that ship. Well, Willoughby echoed with me what preachers of the day were quick to point from Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. As I mentioned last week, I do not think that God sunk the Titanic and took 1,500 people's lives because of the pride of that captain. But his pride and his lack of humility played a role in those events. You may find it strange that in this time of stress, Peter is actually talking about being humble. But the truth is, in times of suffering, humble leaders who can calm the flock are very, very important. And not only are humble leaders important, but humble followers are equally as important. Humility can avoid tragedy. We will never know in the case of the Titanic. But when things are hitting the fan, so to speak, those who will heed wisdom and humble themselves to authority are critically important. Lives often depend on it. Suffering and stressful situations in general can bring out the absolute worst in people. Young people, maybe even young men in particular, want to challenge the wisdom and the decisions of older leaders in stressful times. I can envision some young whoopersnapper wanting to take Nero on for his cruelty. These younger leaders in Peter's day, may have felt frustrated that the older leaders were not doing anything 
in response to Nero's cruelty. The young often want to rush to retaliation, thinking we've got to do something. The desire is understandable. It's not always sensible. Peter's call for humility shows, I believe, how much he has grown and how much he has learned in his years of ministry. He's the one who impulsively whipped out a sword and cut off a soldier's ear in a stressful situation, remember? He has grown wiser. Who's thankful that God has brought them more wisdom as they have aged? Anybody else besides me? Yeah, a few of you. The, the young people don't raise their hands yet, but I, you will. Amen. The young tend to overvalue intelligence and information and undervalue experience. And all the old people in the room said, amen. So in 1 Peter 5, a more mature man than who cut off a soldier's ear gives some principles and benefits of being humble in stressful times. I want to share with you this morning. And number one, if you're taking notes on the sheet from the cart in back, following the advice of more mature leaders, especially in times of stress, blesses everyone. When you're young, you don't know what you don't know. But when you're young, you also think you know more than what you know. Is there anybody else that has been shocked by the fact that as you get older, you suddenly start to sound more like your mom or dad. It's kind of like, what's happening to me, right? It's amazing how much smarter your parents get when you graduate college and hit the real world. I think Peter is saying submitting to and following the advice of more mature elders, more mature people is just wise. It helps you navigate life. It saves you from a ton of grief. It saves you from rushing into a situation that you don't have the experience to handle. Biblically speaking, it's important to remember that Scripture says leaders are in charge for a reason. They have been given authority over us by God. It makes it easier and less stressful on everyone, if humility is present, especially in times of stress. Now, that's not saying that young folks can't make suggestions and talk about the best way to tackle a problem. Absolutely. But humility reduces the friction in that process and allows the best decision to be made with the fewest amount of casualties. Peter says that the, the younger whoopersnappers, he says in verse 5, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. As much as everyone dislikes submitting, submission is just part of life. If you don't obey and submit to the traffic laws, you will pay fines. If you don't submit yourself to the game laws, you will lose your license. We have to listen to our boss or we won't have a job. We can't even get saved without humbling ourselves 
before a Savior in submitting to God's way. There's a great example how not humbly taking advice can blow up in our face in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings chapter 12. If you remember, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, had just been made king. And a group of people that were heavily taxed by his father come and they ask his son to ease the tax burden that Solomon had placed on him. And Rehoboam says, give me three days to think about it, which is super, super wise, right? Don't make any rash decisions, you know, pray about it, think about it. Well, in this three days, he seeks counsel. And he goes to the old men, his father's advisors. And his father's advisors tell him, ease the tax burden. Ease this, and these people will serve you forever. And then he goes to some young whoopersnappers that he grew up with. And they tell him, increase the burden. You show them who's king. Rehoboam takes the advice of the young men, and his kingdom splits before his very eyes. Pride went before destruction. Hindsight is always 2020, right? But the wise learn to humbly take advice from their elders, and in the process, reduce having to learn everything the hard way. Hebrews 13, 17, I think, is God's preferred way. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Principle number two. Humility, especially in times of stress, deepens relationship and gains you favor in the eyes of God. Look at the last half of verse 5. All of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. The, The one another principle in Scripture is huge. The idea that we treat one another as we want to be treated is a God command. Humility is reflected in that mutual submission that that Ty mentioned in his sermon on marriage a few weeks ago. Remember Ephesians 5.21 said, Submit yourselves to one another. That race to the bottom can only happen as we take on the attitude of humility. And when a husband and wife share this attitude, God will deepen the love that they experience together. And they will weather every storm that life throws at them, and they will come out victorious. C.S. Lewis said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's being confident in who you are in Christ and being able to selflessly want what is best for the other person. It's trusting that God and your spouse, if you're married, have your best in mind. 
showing humility in your marriage is your marriage tip for the week. But the blessing of humility in relationships isn't just for married folks. Uh, A friend of mine posted a quote on her Facebook page this week, and, and it just rang true. I actually screenshotted it and saved it to my phone. It said this, you can't compete with me. I want you to win too. That is loving someone as you love yourself. And it takes humility. It's having your heart and mind set on someone else's victory. Knowing that in Christ you have nothing to fear. That you have already won his favor. And have nothing to prove. That confidence and wanting what's best for others runs over from God's pouring his love into you. Peter says, clothe yourself with humility. We literally have to put it on intentionally because no one, and I mean no one, likes to submit and line up under somebody else's authority. Most people would rather be the person calling the shots but not everyone can be the top dog. It creates a problem when there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians, right? You have learned that at work, I am sure. In those situations, there's not a whole lot of love, not a whole lot of fellowship going on, just stress, tension, and a lack of productivity. So humility makes relating to one another a blessing. And it makes accomplishing God-sized dreams as a church possible. Peter tells us God opposes the proud but gives favor to the humble. Pride sets God against you. Humility, and he is for you. Number three, humility leads to God's favor and proclaims a trust in the care and redemption of God, even in times of stress. Look at verses 6 and 7 with me. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. The phrase, he will lift you up in due time, is talking about God's ultimate redemption. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Hebrews 13, 6 echoes what Peter means. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? My redemption is already secure in Christ. His favor is upon me. His salvation is mine. We don't need to be afraid of humbling ourselves. It sounds good, but trusting God instead of ourselves and trusting ourselves to someone else can be scary, can't it? Even if we acknowledge that God's hand is mighty and that his favor is on us, that doesn't take away the leap of faith that casting our anxieties and care upon him 
really is. Anxiety in this verse means we have a torn mind that is divided with many things. Those of us who struggle with anxiety know that that's about right. You, you, you just worry about and divided and can't be at peace. Did you walk through this door with anxieties and cares this morning? I believe we carry around way too many burdens. Some people feel like their problems are just so insignificant. They're so small. You know, God doesn't have time to listen to me, so you keep carrying them. The problem is all those little burdens add up, don't they? Do you really think anything that you're carrying is big for God? It's all small stuff for him. But his heart for you is big. He cares for you. He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him. In the 1800s, there was a tightrope walker named Charles Blondin. And his claim to fame was he actually walked the Niagara Gorge over the Niagara Falls on a two-inch wide tightrope. And he did it multiple times with different antics every single time. He did it on stilts. He did it pushing a wheelbarrow. He stopped halfway and he cooked breakfast. He carried somebody on his back. One day after pushing his wheelbarrow across the gorge, he stopped on the other side. The crowd went wild and he said, do you think I can carry a man across this gorge in the wheelbarrow? And the crowd just went absolutely crazy. They believed. And then he asked for a volunteer. You see, this was before insurance liability. The crowd went silent. You see, there's a difference between saying you believe you can cast all your cares on Jesus and laying them down at his feet and taking that step of faith. There was a man in the crowd that finally stepped forward and trusted his life not planned to Charles Blondin who pushed him across the gorge and back in a wheelbarrow we can all say we believe we can cast our anxieties on him but will we I'm not going to pretend to know all the reasons we, we carry around burdens, but I do know that you and I only have two choices. We can carry them or we can cast them. Will you trust that he cares for you this morning and cast your burdens before him? We carry way too many burdens. Maybe you carried something in here this morning and you have a choice. You can cast it at his feet or you can carry it back out with you this morning.
don't, don't carry a burden back out this morning. Cast all your cares on him. Maybe you want to come to these steps and cast them down. Maybe you want to pray for someone that you know has this weight on their shoulders that God would make a way for them to cast their burdens down. He cares for you. Don't carry those burdens out this morning. There's people here that would love to, to pray with you that God would deliver you and set you free. If you're online, you can't come to these steps, but you can talk about laying your burdens down online. You can share. You can post. You can just simply say, I'm casting them down. If you're in the room, I invite you to do something similar or actually come and leave your burdens here. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you are a God who cares for us. We can bring our burdens, and God, you care so much that you sent your son to bear those burdens, to, to, to take our iniquities, our concerns, our cares, the things that, God, tear and divide our mind. And you, you, God, can bring us peace. So, God, in this moment, as we cast all our anxieties on you. God, I pray that a peace that passes all understanding would fall on those who are in this room and are listening to my voice online, that God, this trust and this supernatural peace would wash over us in your care, in your love, knowing that we have nothing to fear. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.